This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. And it's like, oh, oh, oh don't want to make that mistake. And then Jeremy's like, taste, you fucking idiot. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I would just look at my opponents and just go like, oh, my God. I am so sorry. I was slow rolling, dude. You're fucking dead. Like, yes, I'm sorry. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that they... Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-T. KYT. And of course, they rag on me for not talking enough. <laughs> nice. Listen to me now, bitch. That's <laughs> Jay Boosh. You know what? This is how it works. I'm not old as fuck, and I don't play idiot. And those are the two things that apparently matter when you want to play mind flavor. And Jeremy. Sometimes you just have to be that guy. We're like, oh, you want to play some modern? It's like, yeah, I want to play some modern. And it's like, I'll suspend a lotus bloom. And they're just like, oh, why did I want to play modern with you? And now, the A-Team. Is this on? Can you guys hear me? It's Jeremy Scumbag Schofield. I'm out in the bush. I don't know how long I've got. But. This is episode 248, the 18 podcast. At any time, I could lose you. Out here in the bush, I've got the king of the motherfucking north. We have to protect him. Mr. J. Boosh. Yo, yo, yo. And from out east, where the connection's better and not so shit. Mr. K. Y. T. Hey, hey, I was waiting for the fucking, but I guess that never came. <laughs> buddy, 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 I get dinner first. I get dinner first. <laughs> so out there, folks in podcast land, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Boonie Net seems to be pretty shitty today. Uh, in our little pre-cast talk, I've already dropped off a few times. So whether or not you're actually even listening to me say this, that'll be a surprise. We're going we're gonna to have to carry the show, Jay. Did you end up playing a pre-release? That's the important question. I did. Yes! You've saved the show! <laughs> <laughs> the king has to do his duty. Yeah, so... But before that, Mr. Jeremy Scumbag Schoolfield decided to play a trick on me at work, oh, despite being across the country. I'm just sitting there. I'm doing work, and usually Peter doesn't really ask me um, bugs me during the day or during the 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 weekday, at least not until like the end of the day when he's about to leave. If I need something from him, so it was. I did find it kind of weird, I have to admit, but it didn't raise enough suspicion when he when he came by me like in the fucking morning. If I needed something with him, he like he he rubbed my shoulders and then said like, "Is everything okay? Do you need anything from me?" And I actually had like a bit of input that I wanted to tell him about something um i forget what about different social media stuff and then 
I think it was like a half hour later, it was revealed to me via Facebook when he posted <laughs> pictures of him standing there like like 30 minutes ago, and there's a kick me sign on the back of me that I like that I didn't even see or feel. And I didn't even feel anyone take it off. So I thought it was still there, but it was gone. So extremely well executed by PD Pablo. Yeah, and I have no idea who took the picture to this point. I think it was maybe Wyatt, but like I have Fucking no idea. Wyatt. So <laughs> good job, Jer. Yeah, man, that was uh, that. That there is an example of excellent face to face customer service. I processed an order with them, and it had a little notes comment. I love the those corner. notes, man. I always tell them yeah. to like write me jokes or tell me a story. Yeah, so in mine, I'm like. Please uh, put a kick me sign on KYT's back. And I get a thing on Facebook the next day, as per your order requested. Here is said picture that he has no idea about. <laughs> yeah, I actually had no clue which. So yeah. your request was successfully granted without, with no setup, no fake setup. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the next one because I put another order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up in the game. Oh man, Jerry, do you want to talk about your baller order or no? Yeah, well, you know, we uh, the fine folks at Face to Face, like I've I've got some credit with them, and uh, I'm absolutely okay. So expeditions are like easily the coolest thing that's in this set, like easily the coolest thing. Like if I open uh, an Ulamog or I open something, like that'll be cool. But if I open an expedition, like I'll fucking like fist pump or high five myself in the mirror. They're badass. So, hands down, the easiest, coolest thing about this set. So, I'm up in the fucking boonies. I've been here since the 22nd. I don't get to go home till the 7th. And everybody fucking gets to pre-release. And everybody gets to do all this fun stuff. And my Facebook feed, when I go into, like, all my magic-related groups, all it is is fucking pictures of people with expeditions. Like, Facebook is just fucking... It is... Oh, yeah, it's just clickbait. Awful. It's just garbage. No, I actually, I'm really good about pruning my fucking, my weeds. Like, all the people on my Facebook that just post my little <laughs> clickbait. You call I them? fucking, yeah, absolutely. It's just like doing weeds. Like, it's, it's yeah, man. they fucking, they spread, and all the all of a sudden, you got, like, people who are, like, clickbaiting to clickbait to clickbait. So I just, if they're just clickbait fiends, I just unfollow them. You should, unfollow. You should that's what you need to call them, uh, KYT. Just start calling people weeds. Yeah, so, uh. <laughs> It's like, I, I was one of those guys, though, Jer. I posted, I was, uh, Sal wanted me to do that. I thought it was a great idea. It got us a lot of, uh, it got the accounts a lot of hits. When uh, we did the midnight pre-release, I was there. I didn't play, but I took pictures. Uh, we were 100 people, five different people who opened one. So okay. I was one of those guys. No, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Actual clickbait is what I don't like. Okay. Like, this lady went and did something at a grocery store that nobody ever did. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like... Yeah. You know? Or did you know that Facebook is going to be, like, they're going to charge you soon? But if you share this 20 times... Yeah. Yeah, like, all of that shit, like, it's funny, like, that whole, like, Facebook copyright thing, it's like, that is, that is, that's a quick way to get into my unfollow list. Like, it's just like, nope, you're too stupid. Sorry. Like I just like I, it's I, it's game requests and that that are the things I can't stand. Game yeah. requests, I actually unfriended my dad. Fucking no, I don't. Yeah, my 
my dad used to play that Farmville shit, and now I don't have him on Facebook. And he's like, "Oh, I did this. Did you see it?" I'm like, "No, Fuck dad, I unfriended you on Facebook." Fuck he's you like, really? farming. Yeah. So right now, my dad's like on my actual like, "Would you please like to be my friend on Facebook?" thing, and I'm like, "Nope, nope, we're still not there yet." So yeah, he's got a request, and and you know what? Maybe that makes me a prick, but it's my time. I don't have a lot of it, and that's how I choose to use it. So, um. Yeah, so yeah, it's my magic related groups. It's all people just fucking or opening or showing off the expeditions that they've opened. And that pisses me off. And <laughs> my feeling is that some of them are going to stay around the same price. But especially with like Morrow's little thing on his Tumblr today saying that all of the ones that are set. in this set, yeah, all the ones that are in the set will only be in this set. Like that's, yeah, that tells me that. I might be better off getting in on a couple of them right now. So I'm, I'm trying to limit myself to the old Zendikar fetch lands. And I'm trying to get the ones that I use the most because I, I predominantly play certain types of decks, uh, usually black green. I play a lot of black green in modern. I play a lot of loam type strategies. I play dredge type strategies. So burning catacombs, that's a card that I'm going to want. I'm going to want those expeditions. So, turned in some of my credit i put for down for one of the verdant catacombs that uh face to face had uh great some of the face to face prices are cheaper than ebay right now so if you guys are not on the fucking no you best go check that out before sal listens to this um but uh yeah i sat there and i ordered one of those i told them to put a kick me sign on uh kyt's back they did that so i'm sure they're going to deliver on the other part and then uh, i went and put another one in because they put another one up that they said they had so I'm gonna ball her up and just get my expeditions that way. I've been hunting on eBay uh, for a couple as well, and see if I can strike any deals. But yeah, I think that's the way to go about it. Like I thought about this whole opening a case. I don't know, like KYT, you're 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 at a store that's opened a lot of product. Like if you buy a case, how many expeditions are you expecting? One. Yeah, uh, it's been pretty variable. Um, I don't like some people have posted a number. Um, a while ago, I think someone said one in 200 packs or something, and yeah. some other people said, uh, well, we had 100 people opening six packs, so 600 packs were open at the first midnight pre-release, and we had five expeditions, so that's in one and 120. Of course, that sample size is super small. Yeah. Um, people have the crazy case opening has started, um, and... There's people that have gone four in their case. Yeah. A three. It's it's been very it's one some people have gone one. Yeah. It's it's it hasn't been zero though. So uh that's pretty <laughs> that's yeah. pretty good. But uh I still don't know the exact number, Jared. But it's yeah. around that range. Other people getting four four is where you've basically hit the jackpot, I think. Yeah, I uh our judge kinda like our high-level judge, who's kind of like our most active judge, uh, Brendan Capel, who's like super awesome. So shout-outs to Brendan. Um, he's pretty much been running the whole judge community of Edmonton. Uh, he uh, did a poll. So one of the things he does is he literally will go through and he will he ha- he ha- maintains a thread that tells you what every tournament at every store in Edmonton is. Then he maintains another thread that's all of the Alberta like major events, and then he maintains another thread. That is like when pre-release comes up, he will tell you what everybody's pre-order prices are, if they're sold out of product, when their pre-releases are, and what type of events they run at those pre-releases, and what the price is. 
And he actually also runs a store. So it's like really cool that he kind of goes out and price shops everybody and then posts it up on Facebook. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so he, he does a really sweet job. So right after the pre-releases were done, he said, all right, guys, um, how many expeditions were opened up at all your stores? So everybody was just posting it. Oh, yeah, Warp 2 got 2, blah, 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 got thing, And they knew what the attendance was. They knew what there were. And he put it out. And he, his numbers came out to about 1 in 200 is what his number of the sampling of, like, all of Edmonton pre-releases. It came out to about 1 in 200. Hmm. So, I, I'm thinking that that's probably the safe number, but obviously, variance is key. Um, one of the things that I've always found is that in the foreign boxes, it either swings really well or swings really bad. So I'll be very interested to see what my Korean box is put out. Uh, but I have a feeling that I'm just going to be spending a lot of money on singles and trading like a fiend to try and get a bunch of these expeditions. On eBay, the craziest one I've seen is somebody has a full set of the 25. Yeah. So one full set for 25, I think, is going for six grand, like six wow. and a half grand. That's fucking bonkers, man. <laughs> I want that so bad, and I will never have that shit. And you know, of course, because of fucking other, because every Jeremy in my life is scumbag. I played Two Headed Giant with other Jeremy again, and he opens again the money in the pool. He opens a fucking expedition. What a twat head! So of course, being the scumbag that he is, he says they all donate this to the cube, and I say like, oh fucking great! Now I have to get the other twenty four. What a nice guy! <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Wow. Ah. No, seriously, it's really nice to do that, but fuck. Yeah, I was about to say, like, you are just reading into that whole, like, that whole mentality that magic players are the type of people that if Wizards put a $100 bill in the pack, they would complain about how it yeah. was folded. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's so true, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just fucking, like, that's brilliant. I got a free fucking expedition for my cube, and... That fucker, now I have to get them all. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Great, thanks, Jeremy. You just cost me fucking six grand. Thank you. Well, was it one of the big ones? Uh, I don't know. I don't actually... I, I was, I've been so busy that I actually didn't know anything Is about... it a blue fetch? No, it's not. Okay, so yeah, you're about 64 in the hole right now, then. Yeah, great. Fucking great. So um yeah they're they're nice uh to be fair uh they might not I might not even keep them in the cube they do not look very good when they are sleeved I find mm. like I double sleeved mine and we double sleeved ours at the tournament or whatever um yeah. and like yeah they just they they are definitely like it's good like I'm glad that they they do have a weird foiling on them, but I'm glad that it's not the from the vault like gasoline on water ultra curve foil. Yeah, um, but they do have a different foil on them. We noticed, but they just as soon as you put them in like a like any sleeve that's not perfectly clear and perfectly clean, like at the tournament we were using those um, ultra pro like where the front is like not clear oh. like that. What oh, the matte ones, the ones that don't yeah. uh, reflect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we used we used those, and so like lots of people were like, "Oh, did you get an expedition? Like, can I see?" And then we were like, "Yeah, sure, man. Like, here you go." And then it was just like people were like, "Oh, can I take this out? This looks like shit." And we were like, "Oh yeah, take it out." And then once it was taken out, they were like, "Oh wow, this looks really good." 
That's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, to be honest, I haven't looked at any of them. I didn't even know how much they were worth or anything. I... Yeah, right now, right now, everybody's all over the place on what they're worth, so. Yeah. Like, what's your strategy, I guess? It's just, like, try to get them on, like, don't buy them retail. Try to get them on, uh, like, eBay. Yeah, like, I have, like, kind of numbers in my head that I kind of want to try and stick to. Yeah. Like, I oh, know that. Like Scalding Tarn is five, Flooded Strand is four fifty, and Flooded yeah. Strand looks like shit. Oh yeah, uh, Delta's four fifty. Like oh, yeah, those... so is Misty Rainforest. So yeah, oh yeah, so it's the blue. The blue fetches are in the four fifty to five hundred range, and then they immediately drop two hundred dollars for Verdant Catacombs, Arid Mesa, Bloodstone Mire, Marsh Flats, Windswept Heat. Oh no, not even that. As soon as you hit Marsh Flats, down another two hundred. And then the yeah. cheap, the cheapest ones are like the fucking the actual bad Zendikar ones. Those are only sixty bucks. Yeah, like it. The way that it kind of plays out is, uh, your first tier is the blue ones. Yeah. Your second tier is the Zendikar ones. Your third uh, fetches the the third tier or fourth tier is the or sorry third tier would be the current fetches like the 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 newer fetches, the enemy fetches. I guess it would yeah, be. enemy fetches. Yeah, and then you start to hit into your Shocklands, and your Shocklands, it's, again, the blue ones that are a little bit more. And then you kind of start to hit into, like, a kind of sub one, because, like, really, like, the difference, like, Temple Garden and Watery Grave are almost the exact same price. Like, the only one that really actually sticks out for the Shocklands, uh, in all reality, is uh, Steam Vents. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the other one's, like, Steam Vents, Hollow Fountain, like, those ones are up, but for the most part, like, the rest of them all kind of fall in line after, at that point. And then that's where you hit, like, after that, it's the, the, the Gimpo lands, like, the, the new fetches. Or right, the new, right. uh, the new, uh, the new duels, I don't know what. Whatever is there, is there a name for them? Like, does anybody? No, people play? can't, people can't agree. Actually, Kevy Metal had a really good name for them. He called them the, I think he called them the Fight Lands, or something, because people won't. Stop fighting over them or something? <laughs> you know, I've heard that. I've heard that somewhere. They call them the fight lands, and I couldn't figure out what the name was, so like where that came from. But that makes like that oddly hilariously makes sense. Yeah. So Yeah, so I'm not cool enough to open these, uh, but at the same time, I'm not cool enough to actually have opened any battle for Zendikar. And it's only gonna get worse because that's just pre-release. Everybody's gonna be opening boxes in a couple days here once they yeah. go. Yeah, and Facebook's going to be even more. Oh yeah, just painful. garbage. I'm I'm pretty happy to just call them because uh, I, I used, as always, I use LSV's guide as a quick uh, walkthrough heading into any any pre-release, and he just calls them like the Battlelands, which I'm happy to use. I don't because I never called because Battle for Zendikar. Right, right. Because I never use like faster slow lands ever. Yeah. So. I used Fastlands. I don't know how I caught on to that, but I used Fastlands. Yeah, I just... I still... I kind of like Hedgelands. I kind of like... I don't know. The problem problem is the same thing that you have with any other thing, like Manlands and Creaturelands and Livinglands and people. Like, it just... You just... (laughs) It's like Garrick and Garruk. It doesn't matter. People will always say the dumbest shit. Yeah, you know? I think that's, yeah. like, evidence of our podcast. Yeah. 
Eventually, though, they'll they'll settle on something that they'll probably settle on you know, something that yeah. Uh, you know what will probably happen is that it'll be whoever does the first stream uh, slash uh, cast of a tournament, and someone plays. Oh, and maybe like Marshall sets like the standard. Oh, it, it, won't, it won't be Marshall. Come on, <laughs> it'll be Cedric. It'll be Cedric. Yeah, and like Star Cedric City will guys. call them. Cedric will call them Pitch Perfect Lands or something. And yeah. then, or he'll call them like uh, the Taylor Swift lands, and then that's just what they will be called. Swift lands. Swift lands. Yeah. Because they're not quite fast, but they're swift. Yeah, there Paramore you go. lands. There you go. Hmm. Right. So, Jay, you got. I, I played in a pre-release on Sunday, but uh, let's get to yours first. Which one did you play, my man? Uh sure. So I played the first two-headed giant uh, in Calgary on Saturday with uh, Jeremy. With other Jeremy. Um, this that was super uh I wanna say like like so what what like the, like we talk we tried to talk to everybody that we played against in terms of like what they felt about the set and stuff, right? So um the general consensus a lot of people felt that the set was uh overly under like like powered back. So there was a lot of times where like they felt like there was this spell could have been really good at one less mana or one extra effect or if it was an instant instead of a sorcery or if it was a two two instead of a one one or like just things like that and there was a lot of stuff where it like just seemed really obvious that these cards like they tried to make like they like the first iteration of this card was very obviously just like a two mana xyz card but they had to make it three or add a color to it because that's too good in like new magic world um that was like the feeling that a lot of people had a lot of people also felt that it was very linear. Um, like so, th- when you're building limited pools, um, like your sealed pool, it felt like you were being really forced into an archetype. So not just playing, you know, X Y Z, or not just playing landfall in a deck that also just had regular good cards, but just things like you know, you were you were like really, really. They were really trying to push you to play like devoid with processors and ingesters, and they were really trying to get you to play ramp with lots of Scion tokens going into Eldrazi, or they were really trying to get you to play allies. The allies was like, you had to have critical mass, and if you didn't have enough, then like they were shit, and just things like that, which I did notice, and I didn't really like. So when we're building my pool, of course, I'm thinking like, okay, well, we're playing two at a giant, um, and like five color or four color good stuff in this that seems like it could be really powerful. We have lots of stuff that has that stupid keyword that I don't, like what did i call it it's like fucking oh converge so it's where you do whatever however many times for colors of mana that you spent on it so we have like some of those uh or i have lots of those we have lots and lots of the green ramp spells which actually i think are fucking bonkers in this set they're instant um so there's instant ramp and growth for three mana and then there's that two mana fucking combat trick that gives something plus two plus two um, and then you just get to put a land into play. It's not even tapped. So, like, that card is also just, like, fucking bonkers. I played it on turn... We had four of those. I played them on turn two every single game. Just even, <laughs> even with no targets. Like, just, like... Like, Jeremy plays, like, a 3-1 that can't be blocked by Eldrazi Scions or whatever. He had four of those guys, the common. And just says, go. And then they are like, yeah, land, go. And I'm just, like, end of turn, the Eldrazi guy gets, like, plus two, plus two put a land to play, untap, have four lands, play something for four that just fucking ranches you like this uh, 
this green guy, Woodland Wanderer, that is a 2-2 Vigilance Trample. He's basically Siege Rhino. So he's a 2-2 Vigilance Trample, but he gets plus one, plus one for each color that you spent to cast on it. Um, he has that Converge. Now, the thing I didn't realize about Converge, um, I just didn't, this didn't click in my head, is that Converge counts the color of the card itself. So even if you just pay green for this guy, he's not a 2-2. He's a 3-3. His minimum will always be 3-3. Which I, for right. some reason, my brain just didn't catch that. I thought Converge was, like, for each other color. So I'm looking at this thinking, like, okay, well, if I, like, only have green mana, I can, like, hold on to this guy for fucking ever and just get it and, like, get fucked. Or I can play him as a 2-2 Vigilance Trample for four, which is garbage. But even a 3-3 Vigilance Trample in this set is really good. Um, so, yeah, and he was always just, like, a fucking 5-5. Five five. Like, he always just came in as a 4-4 four four or a 5-5. Five five. And then that's like a must-answer threat in this set. That's basically a, a dragon because it has trample. So all these stupid Eldrazi Scion decks are just, they just can't do anything. Um, so, like, we tried that, but, like, I couldn't even build my deck in the 45 or however many. I think they, at the pre-release, they kind of suck. They only give you, like, 30 minutes or 40 minutes, I think. But, like, I couldn't even build my deck. I had, at, at time, when they called time, Jeremy's done his deck, and he looked over and he says, like, okay, like, what do we got to do for your deck? And I'm like, he's like, are you done? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. We only have 23 cuts to make. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm like, you know, and I mean, you have twice as many cards as you had a giant, so it's like, and you've never played it before. I was like, I was just floundering. So, you know, I hastily built my deck for round one. Um, we got smashed. Uh, Jeremy then gets the realization in the second round. He's like, I think what we want to be doing is just playing a guy every fucking turn. I think we cut all of this shit he had, like, the seven-mana Cone of Flame in his deck, and he had, like, some 5-5 five, five guys and some big fat idiots for, like, the top of his curve. He didn't have lots, but, you know, he had a regular deck. He had, like, a, what you would call, like, I guess a mid-range deck. And then he's just like, I think, I don't think we want that. I think we want, you can play still, like, X-Color Control um, or Ramp with all, excuse me, all the Ramp spells you have. But he's like, I should just be playing, like, a fucking guy on every turn and just attacking with them because that we got smashed by two two drops and then we killed one and they played another one and then they played a fucking some garbage man flyer like a two one flyer and we just lost because our decks are super slow and the removal in this set is bad so we did that and then we just like didn't even sweat a game after that we just fucking branched people um so my deck originally was like a five color like ingest control so i was trying to like ingest i was being really cute i was trying to like it was all devoid all my creatures were devoid so I had all the, uh, except for like the constellation or whatever it's called, converge guys. So yeah. all of my creatures did something. Like there were no, there was no vanillas in there. And then I was trying to like you know get the ramp going to hit the Eldrazi and get the processing going so that my processor Eldrazi or the ingesting going so the processor and Eldrazi's would have something to do. And then everything was devoid, so I had like devoid creatures can do this. And when you play a colorless spell, do that and all this stuff and. The deck looked good in, on paper in the terms of, like, I built an elf deck, or I built a goblin deck. But as we all know, like, when you go through the, you know, the five phases of being a magic player, where, like, you know, you, when you first discover magic, and then you discover things like, you know, fungus, and elf, and goblin, and vampire, and you sit down to play the guy at FNM, and it's like, what are you playing? Oh, blue-black control, what are you playing? And like, oh, I'm playing vampires. I'm like, okay, sweet, like, well, you're dead. So that's what I basically did. I just was an idiot, and I was like, I'm going to build Devoid Converge. And it just sucked. So I just changed it into three-color control, 
And I played, like, I had a Guardian of Kazim, and that card is fucking stupid. That card is insane. Um, that's the 4-5 Flying Sphinx for 5. And then Landfall is tap a creature, and Island oh, yeah. uh, Island Landfall is Frost Titan a creature. And then you're playing that with instant lands and pump lands and just tricks. That card is really good. That card is very good and limited. We already knew it was going to be good. It's just, it's just, yeah. It's very, very good and limited. And then I also had a fucking, uh, what was that guy called? Uh, Omnath. <laughs> I had an Omnath, too. Omnath. I had Omnath. So, like, there was turns where it was, like, attack with Omnath, and they're like, okay, like, try to kill it. And I'm like, well, I'll give it plus two, like, they'll double block it for five or whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'll give it plus two, plus two, and put a land into play, which gives me a fucking five-five elemental. And then they're like, oh, I'll try to fucking do something else. And I'm like, nah. Jeremy's like, I'll give it plus one, plus one, and protection from all colorless damage or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, okay, fuck. And then... They untap and I play a land, and then like the land that I played from the last—I don't know—we don't even untap the land that I played with the instant allowed me to have three lands. So now I played like the rampant growth instant and made another elemental on the end of their turn, which basically then has haste, untap, attack you with now fifteen power elementals that even if you kill, you're taking a bunch of damage. Like it was just stupid. So that Hashtag was a- get fucked. Yeah, it was wrecked. So that was not bad. Um, but yeah, like the set just feels really slow. Like they tried to slow it down quite a bit. I didn't get to see a whole lot of cards. Like everybody seemed to be doing the same thing. So I didn't really see. Um, I didn't really see kind of like any interesting, like wombo combos that uh, we didn't expect. I will tell you this: um, Awaken is a very fucking powerful mechanic. Um, all of the <laughs> Awaken spells are good, and even if they look bad, all of them are just insane. Everybody agreed that the Awakened spells were very difficult to deal with, and they gave you so much fucking value. Um, and there's lots of times where, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't wait, right? You just counter a spell for three if you need to, no problem. But, like, having that for six, where you, like, just blow them out with a counter spell, and then you also get a 3-3 three, three land. And then, like, if you do that on your turn, it gives it haste. I didn't realize that Awakened gives haste. So, like, there's yeah. that. Yeah. And like and there's and then there's so many things where you're just like, you know, you're giving you're making the land a creature and then you're giving it flying or you're fucking putting one one counters on things because you have that ally that whenever you gain life you put a counter on anything you want. And you have that guy comboed with the cutthroat that whenever a creature dies you drain and gain. So, you know, now your awakened lands are also getting bigger and it's just like fuck. And shit and fault, you know. <laughs> well, to clarify a little, Jay, it's not. And Jared can correct me. It doesn't like give it a haste. It's just it works like Nissa if the land's already no. been there. No, it no. literally gives it haste. It, does? it becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste. Oh, okay. I I missed that too. Yeah, that. isn't that uh, fucked? Like man, I had no I idea. Like, I was this... on the same train as you. I was on the same train as you. I was like. When I was awakening stuff, I was like, oh, I guess I'd pick this land because it came in two turns ago. Like, don't want... And it's like, oh, don't want to make that mistake. And then Jeremy's like, <laughs> it gives it haste, you fucking idiot. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I would look at my opponents and just go like, oh, my God. I am so sorry. I was slow rolling you. You're fucking dead. Like, are you yet? I'm sorry. He's have haste. You're dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I-, I think that they did, like, the whole, like, 
why are we creating a feel bad moment? Let's just give the land haste so that you don't have any of that fucking bullshit that always came from. Yeah. The, oh no, that land came into play this year. He picked the wrong land. Yeah, it caught you, right? Also, yeah, like, I, I played too much Nissa. That's why. Yeah, yeah exactly the Nissa thing. Like that too from before. Right? Or did Koth give haste? I don't think Koth gave. No, I think Koth was the same thing. Yeah, he untapped though. But yeah, he didn't give hate. But there was that. I remember getting people that and getting gaunt with that. The other thing too is, I think if you're going to design a mechanic that's around land, like you already, it's already a feel bad when your lands get destroyed. So making them creatures makes them a lot easier to kill. So if you don't even, if you're not giving them haste, that's um, it's very similar to the old auras in limited, where you just didn't want to ever play them because you would play them and then they would just instantly two for one you. So this way, because it has haste, at least you're going to get. You have the semblance of, like, it has to be an instant that they're going to use on your guy. Um, it has to do a certain... Like, it has to be able to target a certain number of things or do a certain number of damage or whatever, right? You can look at their mana and think, like, okay, well, they only have three mana open, which means, you know, they might be able to exile it, but they can't... There's no spell that'll deal enough damage to this thing because it's an Awakened 4 or an Awakened 6 or whatever, right? So I think the other thing, too, is from a design standpoint... Uh, I think it allowed them to um, tick up the cost of awakening stuff. Say by like like they didn't make it, they didn't have to push it to be aggro because giving it haste is effectively like the same as taking off a, a turn. So it allowed them to say like this coastal discovery, which is a four mana fucking uh, what's that card called? The three mana draw two card. Uh, uh, divination. Divination. This is a four mana divination, which sucks. But at six mana, it's a divination plus a four four. Like it's a like it's a, it's a four four mold drifter. Yeah, like that's in, that, exactly it's a four four mold drifter. So if it, you know it allow because it gives them haste, it allows it to put it at six. Whereas like if they put it at six and it didn't have haste and it was a sorcery still and stuff like that could kind of feel a little bit worse or be a little bit slower. So I, I actually I really like awaken. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal because I thought. I didn't, A, realize it gave haste, and so I thought, like, yeah, six mana to draw two cards and get a 4-4, four, four, like, that's super slow. Like, they just untapped kill my land, and I just time-walked. Like, that sucks. But uh, we just fucking ranched people with awake spells all fucking day. Um, See, there's, like, fall off the face of a cliff. It's the white one that's, like, destroy a tapped creature awaken. Yeah. That card is very good in white. Like, any of the tricks are very good in white. And then uh, I got to live the dream the Jeremy Schofield Dream with Halimar Tidecaller, which is the 2-3 three, for the 3 that gives your land creatures flying, and you can return an Awaken spell with it. Yeah. So I got to I got to return Unsummon and Awaken my lands a whole bunch what? of times. Yeah. Oh, you made it happen, buddy. Yep, yep. I was like, oh my god, we opened it. And Jeremy, the other Jeremy's like, what? what is this? And I was like, this is the Combo Nation! <laughs> We're playing this. He's like, you're not even, it's not even that good. I was like, did you read the cards? Did you read? This is an infinite combo of land death. They will die and we will win. And I was like, if we have Omnath on the table, we can even bounce the creature lands and replay them to get elementals. What? Like, oh, shit. So, yeah. No, it was fun. It was a good time. Um, the set is a little, like, I'm not super interested in ever playing it again. I've heard the draft is very different than the limited. So maybe I'll, I'll draft it a little bit. But uh, it just seemed like just slow Zendikar, really. It was just really tribal, really archetyped. Um, I don't know if your opinion's skewed by the fact that you mainly played 
two-headed though does it matter i'm not sure like the thing with two-headed you're you're absolutely probably right the thing with two-headed that kind of sucks is that like you're punished a lot more because you're playing against two decks so if you stumble like they have twice as many chances to get you and then also um you don't get to sideboard two-headed is a single game so there was games where like where like jeremy was mana fucked in our first game so like the first game where jeremy had the revelation of just like we should be playing um we should be playing a faster deck that just beats down that might have not even been a good idea he just he just didn't like the fact that his hand was full of four five six drops and he had three lands the entire game and at one point they cast that six mana exile a land and a creature card on him so he had two like at the end of the game when we lost they were basically playing two on one and he had two lands yeah so I mean, and then we lost the match. We didn't get to rebuild. We didn't even get a sideboard. So, you know, and the other thing, too, is, like, so we were going to... I was going to play Reclaiming Vines um, main deck, which is a four-mana green sorcery that can destroy an artifact, an enchantment, or a land. But, like, we didn't know, like, even if there were any good even artifacts or enchantments at all, like, like other than, like, I guess, Flash O-Ring, which is a ridiculous card. Um... And then I was thinking, like, well, we just play it instant as, like, a four-mana Doomblade because people are going to be awakening and man-landing us all day, right? And he's like, yeah. And then when we were going through the deck to make cuts, of course, like, cards like this get cut first because your brain is on the this-is-a-sideboard card plan, right? Yeah, right, right. Like, this card is fucking insane when someone, like, doesn't awaken six on you and you're like, well, great. Like, no removal will kill this that I have in my deck. And I can block it, I guess, forever until I die. Uh, <laughs> you know, or like when they awaken four and then add counters to it with something, or make it flying, or fling it at you, or with the colorless flinging guy, or you know what I mean, or make it unblockable. Like so, it like I felt like in like it it probably was skewed a little bit KYT. Uh, in that it's two-headed giant, so you you really you have to come prepared to race, and if you trip, you're you've lost kind of thing, right? So, so my experience was uh, I, I didn't end up playing the midnight one. I just um, I had something to do the next morning on Saturday, um, and it was my friend's birthday on uh, well, at least his birthday party that Saturday night. So on Sunday, Hayne wanted me to go out and like he was gonna go to. The, the one at 3 p.m. at face-to-face if I was going to go. And, and I'm like, oh, I woke up late, but I'm like, ah, 3 p.m., I can make it. I get there. Uh, open, uh, like, mar- there's good cards in both white, red, and black. I had a Gideon in white, which is one of the wow. most broken cards you can open in limited. I also had Rolling Thunder in red, which is one of the best in commons. Probably the best in common, period. Which one's Rolling Thunder? Oh, that was where you just can wrap. Them, right? Yeah. Oh, and you X- can hit players. That's a very good card. Right. Yeah, and just and crazy then, fireball. Yeah. Then there's like the black redrop flyer with like first strike. Um. Uh, oh, that pumps the Drana. team Drana, Yeah. The team yeah. Drana pumps as the team. Well? Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't decide. Yeah. I, uh, I. I mean, I think here's a question before you go on to see what you actually did. Do you are you guys of the opinion that when you open a planeswalker? You, if it's a good planeswalker like that, you just splash it, even if you end up not playing like white. For... Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not sold on that, but I will try and make it happen. Right, like you, but you won't. You'll. You're like. You're like. Uh, you're strong enough that if, if it's not <laughs> gonna work, you'll just fucking fold that motherfucker to the garage. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm a firm believer that you try and keep her to two colors. If splashing for that third color has to be like really crazy. Yeah. For instance, like I can't see anywhere in my head where I would splash just the Gideon because double white is just you're yeah, just. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. Um, but Gideon, I agree with Jared. It's not if he was single white, then then we have more of a, a debate. Yeah. Um, it depends how how. I don't know, man. Like his plus one is he becomes the fucking five side, like. And yeah, his free, that's good. his free ability is make um make knight. And I remember like looking at like this card is obviously bonkers, but I remember looking at Xenoghost when Xenoghost first came out and thinking like this card kinda sucks. But he he had a great zero ability that just made creatures and like in limited, like that's almost unbeatable to come back from. Right? Not very right. much not very much kills the planeswalker in the first place. And if you're just being able to every turn just make free two twos, like eventually they can't get through that, right? Right, you're just, it's just like you're paying two, it's like a bear, you're paying two mana, but for free, yeah. every turn. Yeah, so like it's just, uh, you know, or even just four mana, so that all your creatures get plus one, plus one. Like, I think it's, like, Gideon is obviously very pushed, in that like, all of his abilities are good, and they can all even be used, like, the fucking first turn he comes into play. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he sees constructed play. At all. Yeah, he, he yeah, he gets... Oh, he's constructive playable, for sure. He, he's going to be constructive playable, and he's better than... His other abilities are better than Xenagos in Limited. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You can ultimate immediately. Yeah, like, just being able to go, like, all my creatures are now plus one plus one, like, in a limited environment, that's very difficult to come back from. Right. So, like, and it, the fact that it just pairs really well, uh, there's synergy between his abilities, like, you make dudes, and now they become three threes, and you can just alpha them in one turn. Um, so uh, what, I was really happy because I actually opened also an expedition, but one of the cheaper ones, I opened a Prairie Stream. But between Prairie Stream and Gideon, I got well my money's worth yeah. uh, without even winning a single game. But uh, yeah, Gideon is even like the fact that his last ability is even relevant late game um, makes it a better argument if he was like a single white and, and yeah. Uh, stronger argument to splash him but uh outside of that i, w- I was stumped because drana or drana was it's like a really insane threat when i looked at it on on paper and because the removal like you said was man i wasn't really sure and like if this guy's unchecked or he or she i guess it's a she drana is a she drana is a she, she yeah um, i know do you still have the drana I do. Oh man! If you ever want to ship it to me, that's going right in the cube. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's worth anything. I don't know. I'll check. Not, yeah. Um, but when she attacks and, and like have any sort of board, eventually I'm going to win win the game. Uh, but then I looked at the synergy, and uh, you mentioned about like how how maybe there's a certain direction the pool can pull you towards. I mean, it's just so easy to eliminate the converged cards yeah. because a lot of them are just total ass. Yep. Unless you're playing like some some are ass unless you play four or five colors even so that you can just totally chuck them in the unplayable pile. And uh, I looked at my cards and I ended up having stronger, despite thinking that um, black hat like the black rare was better than than Rolling Thunder. Like Rolling Thunder is a good solid removal, but it's not generally going to be generally going to necessarily win me the game by itself, uh, especially if my opponent plays a lot of like. X4s or X5s in his deck. Um, I had a, a, an ally theme going, 
between red and white. Yeah. So I decided to go with that plan and uh, ended up going three. Uh, the face-to-face games one is only four rounds, so I ended up going 3-0. My opponent wanted a draw in, in round four, and um, I mean, some people are, are willing to play for it. I'm just like, if, if they offer, I'm going to say yes, but I will never offer it myself. Um, and so I went 301 with with uh, the deck. It felt really good uh, when Gideon was on turn four. My opponent just, you know, it was like impossible for them to come back from. Yeah, and the, I found the format guy. was pretty slow. So when you have a bomb like that on turn four, yeah, if they have some sort of a stumbling, like slowish start, then it's like. But one guy was able to get rid of it pretty pretty effectively because they had the three damage burn spell along with the three one that pings. Um, and it untaps if you play a colorless source. So even if I had plus one Gideon to put it to five, he could have uh, pinged it, torched it, pinged it again. So he had the right combination of cards to actually get rid of a turn four Gideon. So that was interesting. I was like, fuck, but at least uh, I got a 2-2 out of it, so it was an okay deal. Um, it wasn't, like, all for naught, and, and I still managed to win that game. But uh, it, my deck felt strong. I did cheat against John Stern, though, Jerry. I scumbagged again. Oh, good for you. And, uh, this is one of those ca- It's happened most, at least twice in my, at least minimum twice in pre-releases, where I do something in an earlier round, and then turn to three... My opponent lets me know that my card doesn't actually work the way I thought it did. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that's that's actually like I think just like a straight up pre-releasing, where people play the cards the way they think the card should be played. Where it's like if the artwork shows something flying, that card has flying. If right, you know, right, like yeah. like little things like that, where it's like no, this thing doesn't actually have flying. It just yeah. looks like it's flying on the picture, and people won't block it because they think it flies. You know, like just like stupid yeah. shit like that. Yep. Yeah, the art shouldn't be fucking confusing. So I made a card uh, that is way more powerful than it actually is, Jay, and you're going to laugh. Okay. So it's the, it's the Boros ally. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's find it for the whole team, because yeah. otherwise someone will not understand. So and that's... they'll say that we don't understand, and we're talking shit. It's the you Resolute Blade exactly... Master, right? No, no, no. It's the, uh, it's the rare. Yeah, oh, it's the, the Captain? Yeah, um, Manda? Manda? Or whatever. Oh, Munda, the ambush leader. Oh, I know what you did. Oh, yeah, you know exactly yeah. what. Once you read, you know exactly what I did. Yeah. Okay, so it's not Angelic Captain, which I did. Find. No, it, it's Munda. Oh, Munda. Oh, Munda. Oh, speaking of, uh, while we wait, just some fucking elevator music for you. I had an Annoyan Dar, the Royal Shaper, uh, with two a sweet art, by the way. Um, I was not playing white or blue in my three color converge land controlly deck or whatever like the second one that i built but i did splash for noyan dark because i am unlike my other hosts on this show where i think if a card's powerful enough you splash it and fuck them with it and uh also like i said i had all the ramps i just find whatever land i needed this guy is insane whenever you cast an instant or sorcery you can put three you can just awaken three yeah. any instant or sorcery you can just awaken three yeah. like what the fuck is that and you can awaken the same land yeah. You can awaken the same land more than once. Get Wake the fuck up double fuck. time. Yeah. Get fucked. All right. So, uh, we are talking about Resolute Blade Master? No. No, no, no. Munda. Munda. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Munda, Ambush Leader, which looks. Oh, I didn't. Okay, cool. Four mana, three, four haste, rally, 
When it comes into play, you look at the top four cards, you put allies on top and everything else on the bottom. Okay, sweet. Yeah. What do you think I did? You put them into play? Nope. No. no. That would be no. absolute bonkers. Oh. No, he, uh, he, he just drew them. Yes. Yeah, oh, he my God. Yeah, because he, he treated it like it was like a, a ringleader. So, he thought it was an ally ringleader. What the fuck? So you just like... Because Goblin, Goblin Ringleader is essentially this card. It's a four-mana card, except it's a 2-2. Two, two, yeah. And it gets you, you reveal the top four, and you put the goblins in your hand. So okay. this one here reveals four cards, but it doesn't put them in your hand. Oh, my God, KYT. Um, against John Stern, no less, a pro player who, who probably felt like the same thing. Because, like, I think what set it up was the fact that I whiffed the first two or three times with it. Right. So it's like maybe it was a, the sense of okay, like this card isn't that great. Yeah. So like my brain is like it has to be. Then when it hits, it has to be insane. Right. Because like I can whip with it. So, uh, but then like my third round opponents like hold on, hold on, you don't draw those cards. Oh my <laughs> god. So and then so John feels... Stern didn't catch it. Your opponent after. Yeah, he didn't catch it. Uh-huh. I had to go go to tell him and then like he was making a joke about it how like after the match he was already thinking about constructed decks with the card for pro tours oh yeah based on how it worked like it was like we're joking about like how it blew his fucking mind <laughs> um but sadly it doesn't and, and my round three opponent caught it and when he caught it i'm just like wow like sometimes it's an awkward ability because sometimes you just want to hit land drops right and but yet hitting another ally isn't a bad thing either. So it's a weird um, situation I was putting myself in. Because um, I, I could get more lands and get closer to hitting like a spell with Awaken, or I can play this, this ally. Because the problem with allies is that overall, a lot of the allies that I had in my deck, some of the abilities aren't that strong. Like 2-3 two, three for 3 gives all my guys vigilance. Like it's pretty key in like a, a, a race situation. Yeah. But it's not, like, insane powerful, right? It's not, like, taking over the game powerful. Yeah, like, we, we found that that was bonkers when we played. That card <laughs> fucking ruined so many people's lives. But you're right. It, it's in a race. Like, it's in a race situation. Like, the, the issue was just that we were both just playing guys. And then Jeremy would drop that guy, give his team vigilance. And then they were just like, oh, well, we oh. thought we could, you know, we, we were hoping to beat you on the crackback. And then fucking nope, like... Yeah, so it is relevant, but then there are the more powerful ones that, like, give your entire team's first strike yeah. or give your entire team menace. Um, bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum, bum. That, so bum, 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 bum. I wasn't <laughs> sure about the speed. About I wasn't sure about the fe- speed of the format after pre-release, um, but then when I played my first draft last night with John Stern and Alex Hayne to try to help them out and, and prep for the Pro Tour, uh, that they're going in. I ended up going 2-1 with a really shitty blue-red deck that played like 8-4 drops because um, I just didn't draft really well at all. I, I drafted this Devoid deck that... Because um, I didn't really read the entire LSV spoiler. I only read the multicolored cards and, and the lands and everything. I didn't really read into depth like the blue and red specific cards. So I was drafting all these awesome cards that relied on my opponent having cards in exile without enough enablers because a lot of the enablers on face value for me looked really bad. So I didn't just I just didn't draft enough of them. 
So like a lot of the stuff like three, I think three or four mana comes into play. You can bounce something. Like I couldn't bounce anything because I had nothing ingested. So that was really awful. Um, but I ended up going two one because my opponent's egg were just as slow or, or as awful, and I was able to get there with just a vanilla three two for four flyers in blue. Yeah, I just kept attacking and 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 won. Um, and I had two brutal. I did have two really sweet cards. The gold card uh, is a brutal explosion or something. A brutal expulsion where you can like deal two damage to something and bounce something. So huge tempo boost, but that itself also costs four mana so basically my opponents that had to be really slow but i lost the eventual winner in round one uh a friend of mine john lee who had a really aggressive red white allies deck that was insanely fast and uh he was able to successfully curve out and in, in i lost two one but he curved out where it's like all my guys getting this uh first strike all my guys getting menace and they also had the rare where all his guys get indestructible and it was like, holy fuck, man. Like, I couldn't deal with it. Um, the clock was too much. And it's just like any ally, uh, any shitty ally, once you get a relevant ally out with, with a relevant uh, ability, was just crazy. What I did learn also was I forgot how we rated, how the three of us rated the retreats. I think all of us agreed that the, the white one was the best. And when I was playing it, it was fucking bonkers. Um, I don't know how we rated the other ones, Jay. Do you remember? And and if you you've played against any of them to change your rankings? Uh, the retreat. Like we only played against the white one, which again, yeah, seemed really good. Like the only like the only reason that it wasn't super great was because that was the game where we had the Omnath shenanigans going on. Um, right. So let's. I like the red makes, one. I like the red one. Yeah. So the white one makes a one-one guy and and anthems your team. The blue one. Tap, like twiddles or scries. The black one is plus one plus oh and death touch, which feels kind of lazy. And or drain for one. The red one is just two plus o oh, or target oh. creature can't block, which seems good. And then the green one is a one one counter uh, or gain two life. Yeah, I don't know. I still I like I think I can't remember. I think I said that the white one felt like it was the most powerful. I think it's still. It still feels like it's the most powerful because on an empty board you can just make your own guys and then they're two twos next turn or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I still feel like yeah. it's the most powerful. But yeah, the white is the strongest. I think the red is my. I think the red's the second best one just because in the type of deck, like in a limited deck that you're gonna play that in, that card is probably good for about five damage. Like you know, via they can't block or uh, getting that two plus two plus zero. Oh, like if you're on an empty board. Uh, or your opponent's in an empty board, you can plus two plus O, oh, or you can plus two plus O oh, like your one or two drop to make it so that they have to trade with their three drop or something like that. So it allows your creatures to kind of kill up the curve. Um, yeah. That, or you know, you just make it, you just stonewall their creature so he can't block and you just keep getting damage to the face. So, like that, that's what I like about that card is that it allows you to kind of push real hard, but it does like rely on you having creatures in play. Yeah. In a, an empty board state through the white one obviously can kind of get you going it can also be that overrun that you need uh blue one's probably my third favorite just because of the scry one ability Mm -hmm. because that that's gonna actually really play out and this said here i feel like a drafted control deck is like a real thing Mm -hmm. with awaken awaken really just kind of like says like we can play we can play a seven creature deck 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree with that. Right, right. So I'm really excited actually to see how draft goes with this set because this feels like one of those really cool sets where you can like really draft control decks. Not like mid range decks that you call control, but like legitimate control. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I found like like one card that I thought was fucking terrible is that stupid green elf that's th- like a three mana Lanor elf that makes any color. Like I thought like and it's a two one, it's not even like a two two, the life spring druid. Like that card just feels so powered down to me. Um but then like in those decks that Jira's talking about, that's basically what I played. He was like a powerhouse. You just are basically playing him as a ch- like a like the three mana of those chalices or whatever that are Yeah. Um uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're not playing it as a creature at all. You're playing it as Yeah, you know, you're he's just playing like it uh, as a ramp spell. Like uh, what's that card called? Like the ingot, dark steel ingot. Yeah, like a dark steel ingot, yeah. You know. So, um he was really he's really good for decks like that, right? He allows you to awaken faster. Like there was lots of turns where um I just played I just wanted to play those and I just wanted to um, use my ramp spells <laughs> just so that I could awaken faster. Like, awakening stuff is super, super good. And super... I found a lot of people just didn't know how to deal with it. And then they also were like, well, do we kill his stupid land? Or, and then do we kill his... Like, do we kill his creatures? Or, like, if we... Like, because a lot of times you can't do both. Or, you know, you can only really do one. So... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I just, it's a it, like I just felt like in in those decks that you're talking about, it's like it's super possible because of cards like that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what is the worst draft rare in the set? Oh, uh, is it Prism Array, a Prism Array, or whatever? Prism Array. Let's see. Uh, what color is that? Is there a way? For, fuck! I can't just search like rares on fucking. That is the uh, the blue. The blue converge enchantment that gets yeah. crystal counters that taps creatures and then you can pay five mana okay, to scratch so three. It, it's a five mana enchantment. It enters with a crystal counter on it for each color mana spent to it because converge. And then you, you can remove a crystal counter to tap something. And then for Wooberg, you can scry three. <laughs> Wooberg. Yeah. This is awful. This card fucking sucks a fat dong. Like, oh, is that the card that you open up and you see that and you're just like, well, fuck just me. ship that fucking instantly. And then, like, some, like, Jobin at the table's like, oh my god, I got a game! Yeah, you, like, this is how you force the guy in your left to into five-color bad. No. Um, the other bad, the other really bad rare is like, another blue one. It's fucking Exert Influence. Where you just, you have, you have mind control for Converge equal to power. Yeah. That's like it's... fucking terrible. Like nice five mana <laughs> gain control of power five. Like yeah, five mana gain control of bear. This this card should have cost like six or seven and then should be mind control for each like one creature per color you've spent on it. Like this card fucking sucks so bad. How did you ever have enough mana fixing to play your original, uh, well, you were playing two-headed, and maybe you, you did. It's like, I can't imagine being able to draft. It's not a real format, KYP. Yeah. I can't imagine so, being able to draft of any five-color deck based on just one, like, there's no vivid lands, yeah. there's no, like... Yeah. Like, well, there's, there's like, there's, um, there's, like, there's dual lands, man lands, there's the expeditions, there's two guys that make color, uh, any color land. There's also, like I said, like, there's the instant, there's two instant spells that get you lands. 
Um, but like even Pilgrim's Eye is uncommon. Like it just yep. to get the the land for that yep. deck. Like it's so fucking hard. Yeah, five color is probably definitely not a real deck. Like <laughs> in two headed giant, you have twelve. Packs, so you know, like we had we had four of the plus two put a land into play spells, and we had three of the instant rampant growth. And then I even had three of those lands, the green land, that when you come into play, you look at the top five cards and you can take a basic. Oh, yeah. And then we also had Seek the Wild, which is like a common that is just like, look, you reveal the top four and you can put a creature or a land into your hand. Right? So. Yeah. And then I just played every Converge spell and every creature <laughs> that did something stupid. And it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem like a viable strategy. No, I don't like, think, I don't, it probably is. You have to take like every evolving wild. Yeah, like it's maybe, maybe I, I don't think five color is a real strategy. I think like probably three colors splashing one or two cards of the other two colors is maybe possible. Yeah, you know yeah. where you're playing like three color control and you're splashing white for that Gideon, or you're splashing green for the Kiora because you're already playing blue, and then you splash red for I don't know something else like like the an awakened spell that. Um, has like that away. It's like, oh, like one a damage. brutal explosion. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Or a rolling thunder or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think like that's kind of the five color that you would play. Which is again why like this fucking prism, <laughs> prism array is like just the worst fucking card of all time. Like why? Why couldn't you converge <laughs> and then move a counter to exile a creature? Is that too powerful? Like at the worst, it's a five mana O ring. What if it was unsummon a creature? That's, like, a little bit better, because you can probably, like, exploit... Like, there's scenarios where you can exploit it to, um, like, your own guys and get bonuses out of it. Like, it's it, that, that, at that point, it almost becomes that fading spell. What's that, what's that fading spell where you can remove a counter to exile a guy, but when it dies, you bring all the guys back? Parallax Wave. Parallax Wave. It's almost like Parallax Wave. Holy shit, wave. I knew the name of a card. Yeah, that's great. You need to ghoul it. No, man. I had that <laughs> shit on lock. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this card, yeah, would be better if it just said, like, exile them until Prisma Ray leaves play, or bounce them, or just fucking wasn't shit. And, like, is five five colored mana to scry three? Is that even good? Well, like, being able to scry three just for tapping mana is actually pretty good, I think. But, like, five colored mana, you don't even get to draw a card. You don't even get one of these <laughs> cards that you're scrying. Yeah, but, like, honestly, just... the, type... Okay, the type of deck that would accidentally play this, I think, doesn't mind having <laughs> that kind of mana open. Oh, uh, man, I just, like, accidentally put this card in my deck. And... <laughs> yeah. Is that even good? <laughs> like, honestly, the Scry 3 part, if it wasn't so god-awfully casted, like, 10 mana to Scry 3, yeah, that's way too much. But yeah. if I could pay another 5 to Scry 3, like, 15 mana to Scry 3 twice, at what point do I have to try a Scry 3 make that make sense? And I just can't, because the initial investment is terrible, and what yeah. I'm getting for it is just not, like, it's like the type of deck that's going to play this, are they wanting to tap creatures like is that is that supposed to be a defensive ability yeah like like at least if it was an unsummon you could put like a jace on it it could feel kind of mind sculptorish you know like yeah. oh i've got the brainstorm scry three and i've got the unsummon ability to protect it or protect myself you know it kind of would have like this like little throwback feel to it but no 
Yeah, and summon would be would actually have been made it interesting. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. like it's just fucking shit. <laughs> that is for sure uh, the worst draft rare. And I think the I think that one's obvious. The worst draft rare that people will actually get sucked into is the mind control draft rare. People will play that thinking like it's mind control, and then they'll just get ranched because they'll time walk themselves into a two two and die to every <laughs> other card in my deck. <laughs> um, one card I was impressed with uh, playing against it was uh, Molten Nursery. Yeah, um, my card seems decent. So which card is mainly, that? That's the one where my opponent, uh, my uh, enchantment and devoid is whenever you cast a color a spell, it deals it pings. Oh uh, yeah, had, yeah that card is that card was surprisingly good. Yeah, I had the the white retreat so. It was an interesting interaction. It's like I, I play a land, make a guy. He's like play color spell, ping it. I'm like fuck, and it, it just kept repeating that process. So that's where I was really impressed with it, and I could see, um, in LSV gave it a very low review because I think he's ranking them based on draft, and you don't want to draft this early because you have to sculpt your entire deck around it to, for it to be really good. And but I could see it. In a deck, if you have two of these babies, it's like holy fuck! Yeah, you can really torture your opponent, and uh, it's a it's a deck that I tried to to make work in my draft, but I, I ended up again with too many four drops, and a lot of my good four drops, the three two flying birds, they're not colorless, so I ended up having to cut it. But uh, I was definitely impressed by it by my opponent when he had it early, and uh, especially when I was playing white red allies in in that in that uh, pr- first pre-release I did and I had a bunch of two ones, uh, it proved to be really good. And um, so I, I do feel overall the format can be pretty fast. Um, one of my fastest cards was the two one for red, the Akum Stone Waker. I just played a land and made it a three one attack for five, like a few turns and it clocked my opponent really fast. Like if they stumble at all, when this guy is there on turn two, I mean, they're falling quickly behind. Yeah, like, in the damn I found like they did print enough of the, uh, they did print enough of like the aggressive landfall creatures, just like last time when Boros was around with the the Steplinks and the GOP. That like, if you do have those and they stumble, like it can be difficult to get back from them. I just, I, I feel like in draft, there's going to be like one aggro deck, and then the rest will be mid range or or like slow control, like ramp Eldrazi. Yeah, because there's a lot of good blockers. Like the red guy has a red has the one four guy for two fucking. Yeah, mana. and blue has the O five guy. Yeah, yeah, and Doran me, bro. Yeah, like nice fucking <laughs> nice fucking aggro deck you have with my two mana O five. Like, and the O five is like has an extra ability. Yeah, as well. yeah, it's like it's like yep. ass lord, ass lord, like Star Lord. What Star Lord's name should have been because Chris Pratt sucked. What? <laughs> what? Um, holy <laughs> fuck! It, it's amazing that these one four o fives they have other abilities that make them good, even like in an aggro deck. Um, like I mean, maybe not the o five, but yeah. but the one four. I was just happy happy to play so that I could, you know, maybe have it stalled. As my horn turtle, but for two mana, and then just kill you with flying. So right. it played its role really well, and uh, can easily slow down a lot of decks just just by its big body. So 
Um, I, I'm looking forward to drafting this more, but, uh, you know, like Jay said, uh, a lot of archetypes are pretty pretty obvious, and, and I think for anyone that I just read, like, skimmed quickly through a Joel Larson article, I think it was on MTG Mincard, where he goes through, like, each of the main archetypes already. Um, I mean, the set hasn't been out that uh, that much yet, but he's outlined the major archetypes, and if you're someone that wants to, you know, get a bit of a jump on your opponents, I would suggest reading that article, reading the main archetypes, and I think that that will definitely give you a huge edge, and if you're drafting, don't make the miss, if you're drafting blue-red, don't make the same mistake as I did, if you're drafting anything that relies on ingest, you're gonna need a lot of, let's say, um, the basic guy is the 1-4, unblockable for 3, um, that ingests um, that has ingest. Yeah, the flyer ingest is good too. The one two for two. Um, I think early reviews like L- LSV rated it super low, but in the ingest deck, yeah, you need it. I, I felt like I needed it. Which guy I, is that? I, it's just a one it's two a one for two. a colorless and blue. Yeah, it's one two, but it's flying. So like the ingest, yeah, yeah. it's basically unblockable, right? Like he's, you follow... he's, he's he's the thrumming bird of that deck. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly that's exactly. Yeah. And, like, on paper, they didn't look, like, I didn't know about the archetype. Misintruder is the same. They didn't know, like, the exact archetype. So these guys, they just look too slow and not impressive. But then it makes every other card that you have, like, bonkers. Like, you can play a guy, like I said, bounce them right away for, for basically free. Um, you would have... Um, yeah, processors that one... process are actually pretty fucking good. Well, ones that do something, yeah. Like, Wait. if they don't, if they're, if they're processed relevant um i found like there's not a lot that it that involves like your graveyard there's not like so giving a guy a creature back like there's not a whole lot like where that matters no you know no all you're doing is shutting off their their ingest yeah or shutting off your own ingest actually that, i guess yeah for later yeah oh yeah here the other guy i wanted to mention was ulama's reclaimer i had so i play it and it brings back an instant or sorcery card if you Bring, put put an opponent's card uh, from exile back to graveyard, and that would allow me to bring back a brutal expulsion back. So I could play it three times now. So you know, a lot of my deck relied on being able to ingest, and I only had like two or three enablers. Uh, two enablers, and one was the burn spell to exile the creature. Right. So I mean, that was it. So That's my deck what I was found too. I found like the ingesters are bad, and like so, there's not a lot of non-ingester enablers. So. There's a lots of times where you had the you had the processor and he didn't do anything because you couldn't ingest. Yeah, it's like all your colorless like removal or counter exiles, yeah. but that's that's the end all be all. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's all I have on for now until I draft draft a set more and I mean that's gonna happen because uh we wanna open more uh expeditions. I have one. And that's not even the expensive ones. I have a long way to go. Jeremy's ahead of me so far <laughs> on the expedition journey. Yeah. Um, so I actually I have something I want to talk really quickly about. Um, it actually goes back to you scumming uh, John Stern. Okay. So yeah. uh, you uh, you uh, were running that thing like it was. Uh, um, oh my god, like a ringleader. Right. You went to go and do it on the game th- or match three or whatever like that, and. You did you get to put him in your hand or anything like that? Like, was a judge involved in the situation? No, it was not. He just said, "As I'm about to put it in my hand," he just says, "I think that you just stay on top." 
And I reread, oh, you're right. Okay. So that was it. So um, you play competitive magic, KYT. Um, what would that be normally? Like, say you had put them in your hand and this wasn't just like a, a pre-release thing. Like, say it was like some standard tournament type regular thing. Like, oh. or not a standard tournament, like a regular seal. Like, do you, do you know what that would be for a penalty? Not the game on. Huh. That's a good question, man. Okay. Because now That's I'm... Game loss. You drew extra cards. You drew no. three extra cards. Well, it has. It, it doesn't matter if it's a, if you drew extra cards. That's not a game loss anymore. Even if yeah, even if it was just a straight up what drawing extra cards. Yeah, that's a new. They, they changed the rules on that a little while back. Yeah, drawing extra cards. They can drawing extra like, cards can, is a warning now, and you do the whole. Uh, they thought sees you basically. Yeah, like they b click you. They they look at your hand and put a card in the on the bottom of your library now. Oh yeah. my god! Just just fucking. Play this card like a ringleader until you get banned. What the fuck? Well, that was the that was basically the the original uproar. Uh, yeah, for that yeah. for that new rule. yeah. So that rule there, like Jay, the whole thing was if if the person's cheating, then you get them for cheating. Sure. Uh, yeah. That that's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what they've done now is they've kind of played they played around with the drawing extra cards. So they actually there's new policy changes that came out with Battle for Zendikar, and that's kind of what I was getting to. KYT is that. Originally, in the old rules, I don't think that would have necessarily been considered a drawing extra cards because it actually was a games rule violation, right? Because you resolved the spell wrong, right? So you could probably get a drawing extra cards because it is drawing extra cards, but now they've just cleaned it up. So we have, we know we got the new uh, put a card on the bottom of the library rule when a drawing extra cards happens. So now what they've done is they've actually kind of fixed some like um, some GRV type things. So let's, let's say you resolve Dig Through Time. You're not playing it in Legacy, obviously, uh, but you're playing it in Standard. So look at the top seven cards of your library, put two of them into your hand, the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So now with Dig Through Time, say you accidentally look at eight cards. It used to be like this big headache, blah, 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 blah. You get a penalty and all this kind of stuff. Now what that happens is if you look at eight cards, now you show those eight cards to your opponent, and he shuffles one of those cards into the bottom, or into your, or shuffles one of those cards uh, into your library, and then you go back to resolving dig through times normal. So, like that's how they're going to handle that kind of stuff. There is that it's going to be if you're looking at too many cards, then that's going to be the thing. So what? Like, I, I, let's say you're saying basically that if I had drawn two allies off that reveal. Does he get to V-click me twice? Yes. Okay. So now what happens is a game rule violation happens. Like, say, for instance, you had, yeah, say you've revealed three allies and you put them into your hand. Well, actually, if you revealed them, then you'd know which ones you have to kind of fix. But, like, say you, 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 you ringleader okay. three into your hand. Now you would get three things taken out of your hand. Like, it would just get that penalty and back to that case there. Um. But okay, you're right. This would be different then, right? Because I'm revealing them, like yeah. you said. Yeah. yeah. Does that change things? Then he could. Yeah. If if it's a card known, then right. Then it's it's easy to fix. Like with okay, the whole right. Kibler thing, where was it Kibler or was it Chapin no, who? It was Chapin. Yeah. So where Chapin got himself into trouble with that one was the fact that he was supposed to reveal it and then he just threw it into his hand. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I think. I think I passed the the scum is a scumbag test. 
<laughs> whatever. Well, no, I, I don't think it's a scum scumbag test. It's just like it's a. It just really kind of uh, just tries to clean up some of these different things. So one of the other things that they changed in it was Scry. So Scry now is optional for shortcutting purposes and stuff like that. Okay. So. Uh, Wait. The, okay. They changed. They changed it a while ago. Like you. You don't have to remind your opponent to scry anymore? Well, or? yeah, it used to be that if they didn't resolve their card correctly, then it's failure to maintain game What state. about, like, the first scry, though, where you mull or whatever? Same rule, same thing. So now with scrying is optional. So scrying is optional is now a tournament shortcut. So now if they fucking forget to scry on their mull, like I do all the fucking time. Oh, man, I just imagine you doing that. I do today. it all the time. <laughs> all the yeah. time. Yeah. Saying, oh, fuck. I fucking do that shit constantly where I'm like, oh, I forgot to scry my Mulda stick. Fuck. I I picture it so perfectly in my head, Jay. Just you sitting there and just saying, oh, you, go go ahead. Oh, fuck. Yep. Like, right it away. happens a lot when I, when I fucking play a first turn Scryland, too, where I'm like, oh, fuck. I, fuck. <laughs> and they're like, um, okay, you can scry. And I'm like, no, I should be scrying twice. <laughs> So, uh, some of the other things that they changed in policy was uh, you're not allowed to bribe anyone anymore. I thought that was always the policy. Uh, well, no. You uh, you actually, like, it's it's not legal to bribe a judge, but it was never actually mentioned anywhere before that you couldn't bribe a judge. So, they oh, actually oh. added that in there. So, okay. bribing a judge never actually, it was never actually a rule against it. Um, it's also no longer legal to offer your opponent money to not block. I you feel could, like I'm missing something here. Like, you couldn't offer them you couldn't offer them money to win the game, like right. to concede to you, but there was never a rule saying you couldn't offer them money to throw a game. Oh. So now they can't throw a game for a compensation. So you couldn't okay. say, like, I'll give you I'll give you the prize or whatever if you scoop, but you could say, I'll give you ten bucks if you don't block here. Yeah. Well, it's like a loophole, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it, and it's like a case like where if somebody ever did that, like you would just you would, that's where your judges would have to use comment, like they would have to use their yeah. discretion. Yeah. And the best thing about policy is that it means that you, as a judge, like on a judge side of things, the best thing about policy and why following policy is really good is that it gives you a crutch. It gives you something to stand on. If yeah. you tell a person you can't do that, and they say why not, it's not a battle of wills. It's a well, I've got policy backing me. Yeah, it's because it's in the rules, so shut yeah, the fuck up. Yeah, it's in the rules, so shut the fuck up. Um, so a new thing is Head Judge now has the option to in- ignore incorrect basic lands on a limited deck list uh, if the intent is obvious. So say you make a red-green deck, but for whatever reason, instead of putting mountains, you put islands. The judge can say, you know what? That was just bonehead. Wood can fix that. Don't have to issue a penalty. Well, that's kind of nice. Yeah, so that gives them a little bit of freedom to do that. but. Say, for instance, you're Jay Boosh and you're splashing a Gideon when you're playing that red-green deck. Yeah. And instead of doing, uh, you know, like eight uh, mountains and uh, seven islands or whatever and and two planes for your your Gideon, like say you flip one of those things and you put like eight planes in there and only two mountains. Yeah. You're just straight up fucked. Oh, good. Because if there's any chance for ambiguity, it goes back to the the right. Right. It has to be obvious. Yeah. Uh, communication policy 
Uh, used to be that whenever there was a communication issue, if you had to back up the game, you were supposed to back up the game to when the wrong information was given. Now it's you can back it up to when the bad information was acted upon. Uh, which is good because backups are always a fucking nightmare. Um, do, 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 do. When did these change happen? Is it when the uh, the ban list went up or whatever? I I think it was like the twenty eighth is when they put out the the update to the IPG and the MTR. Oh, okay. So it was interesting that like the way Legacy works is that Legacy kind of let you play pretty much any card um, that was like printed and just so long it was uh, and, and the rule I think how the rule worked was that you couldn't play an inset card um, that was just released but you could play promos in Legacy so one of the things that was like really weird is that by the rules if you got a pre-release card like a pre-release promo card you could play that card in Legacy right away. You didn't right. have to wait for the set to come out the week after. Okay. But you couldn't play the regular set version of the cards. You could only play the legacy version of it. Like the promo. You could only play the promo version of that card because promos had different rules. So now they're just making it so that all of that kind of works how it's supposed to work now. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Why? Yeah. That sounds like so stupid. Yeah. Um, and then uh, RELs are now listed in the MTR. So it's, it's kind of like some random stuff. All they really did, like, the big information that kind of came out of this is now, like, the way that they handle drawing extra cards is going to affect other things that involve you looking at extra cards for the most part. Um, dexterity errors where a card gets knocked off of a library or something like that. Like, say you're drawing your seven cards through dig-through time and you knock the eighth card off your library or you see it but don't draw it up or anything like that. That's still looking at extra cards. That doesn't come up into this type thing. Like, dexterity right. errors are still kind of in the looking extra cards type thing. Right. But yeah. if a person, like, just, oops, I looked at eight through dig through time, I paid eight for it, I looked at eight, no, you you get to see those cards that he looked at, choose the best one, get rid of it, and then he has to deal with what he's got left. So that's that's my judgy shit. No, that was, that was actually interesting. For the first time ever, you've had good judgy shit on the cast. Well, there you go. There you go. And uh, if you think that any of that fucking information might be incorrect, fucking Google it. Fucking Google fucking it. Fucking say something in the goddamn comments. Oh, man. I love Google it. <laughs> yeah, fucking Google that shit, okay? Fucking don't fucking Google. listen to anything we have to fucking yeah, say. Back to the bitch. Uh... <laughs> I'm really upset that that account still doesn't exist. Google it? Yeah, like the fucking random Google it guy who goes through and fact checks all our fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I'll fucking send a toque to that motherfucker. I got yeah. I got one kicking around here. I'll fucking mail it. I think it, yeah, I think someone, I think we'll get that this time. I think we've, uh... You think the toque ups the fucking, ups the thing? Oh. The thing. I, I, I can't think... even say the fucking ante. The fucking thing. I think... <laughs> I mean, that's like without the two. That's that's the least. That's the least Eves McRae could do. Yeah, because we keep making him like orgasm every time we say his name on the cast. Like that's the least he could do is uh, become Google it guy or or, or uh, leave a comment 
for every time I say Eves McCray. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll give you a couple fucking freebies to do your little thing there. Like, uh, Namsung Wook is a fucking Yeti. There we go. Like, that's a that's a real fucking easy one for you to fact check there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Namsung Wook is a fucking Yeti. <laughs> Um, Xavier should uh, back check that. He, he loves that. Uh, Kid Grucci loves that uh, part of our cast. Grucci. I'm I'm actually distracted by by a Reddit post today. It's like one of the top posts today. Face um, face games. Well, face face is selling BFZ fat pack for eighty dollars Canadian plus tax. Who's buying those in caps? And there's two hundred. And seventy-five comments uh, in that thread. Uh, fuck, you know, interesting. That's garbage. I literally got dropped when you about to say what the fucking thread was, and now I'm living in fucking suspense. And like, the moment's already gone. <laughs> oh man! So what, like, what was it? What was it? Oh my what God. happened? Right. What did Facebook no, do? They're selling the fucking expeditions. That's cool. I don't know. Like the 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 big topic of the day is that uh, we're selling the the. The Battle for Zenicar fat pack at eighty dollars oh. plus tax, and uh, I can understand how some people could be upset about that because, like, uh, fat packs used to be like twenty five. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, I can understand the uproar as well. Um, there's two hundred seventy six comments, but um, maybe having... those people don't have a fucking Walmart near them. Yeah, <laughs> like. These guys have heard yeah. of Walmart. I, no offense to face to face. They do fucking fantastic things. They put a fucking kick me sign on the back of KYT for me. Yeah, like, um, if, but, if the but, fucking if if you know, if it's like uh if it's eighty bucks at face to face, like that's because isn't that like isn't it safe to say that's because that's the price of them everywhere? Like I know yeah. that in Edmonton, that was one of the first things to sell out for pre sales was the fat packs. Yeah. Well, they have full full art lands in them. Yeah, well, I never gave a shit because when I was a player and before I worked with Face, because I was those guys that were trying to, you know, intelligently invest whatever in, uh, income I had, and I would just buy singles because that's always that's always the that's a cons- yeah. yeah, that's always been the the smart money plan. So, like, I never cared about. So, I was never one of these complainers or whiners because. I had nothing to really complain about. I was just buying Complainers and whiners. Hear that, Reddit? <laughs> Suck it. Yeah, Google that Fact shit. Fact check it. Um, because, like, well, I, I, I'm sure I was a complainer and whiner for, for certain issues, but I'm, I'm talking about specifically for uh, these seal products. It's never occurred to me, oh, man, this box is worth so much, because I would never buy the box. I would just buy the singles. Yeah. Though, um, though at some point, there are people who bought, who were complaining about, how crazy the prices of singles were, and, and I guess I, you could throw me. Uh, I never complain about it because um, it was not necessarily outside of my budget, but I could see where, where that's coming from. Uh, where you know, Birds of Paradise used to be the top rare for standard at a point where it was like twenty bucks, and was that was the cap of uh, when I first started taking standard seriously. And now we have these crazy prices, so I can totally well, get to that. Be fair, like in Canada, the the exchange rate is just fucking us so hard. Like sixty Canadian dollars is forty five US dollars. We are fucked. Right. Like <laughs> we are really fucked. 
Um, but now that I'm working inside a face and, and get a better idea of how, like, I don't really get a sense of how things work because I'm just next to Sal and Matt and, and, and Peter, whereas I'm, I'm focused on, on the tasks that I'm, I have. But I know, like, you know, they're talking to, to the, the distributors and, you know, the distributors have a set amount of product that they're shipping to many different stores and they might not have enough to supply the stores and then the stores don't have enough. So then it drives the prices really high if, if a store really wants to keep some amount of product uh, to sell. So that drives and the exchange rate drives prices uh, all around. So I'm not even I'm not surprised that the prices are, are so high. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, it's, I feel like it is what it is. It's not like, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I, it's just expected based on the crazy supply. And, well, you know, and it's just like everything else. If you don't like the price, just fucking don't buy it. Like, it, face-to-face isn't, like, they're not bad business people. If no one's buying their $80 fat pack, they wouldn't be $80. Like, Yeah, and what even that's the case is that one of the things that I expect when I go to a site like face-to-face is I expect them to have it. Like, I don't expect right. them to be the cheapest. They usually have excellent prices. They're usually cheaper uh, than my local game store for a lot of things. But I just expect them to have it. Like, if I want a foil fucking bounty hunter or whatever like that, I expect face-to-face to have it. When they yeah. don't have it, I get upset. Now, yeah. if I get to face-to-face and they're like, oh, yeah, we got it. It's five bucks. Well, then it's like, well, at least they had it. You know, and most of the time, again, like their prices are very, very good. And maybe that's what they need to do to have fat packs in stock. Like, I love buying fat packs. I've always found the fat packs. I, you know, it's, there's, there's absolutely nothing to back it up. But, you know, you always have like those like cases where you see something and it always seems to come true. Fat packs always just seem to have the best rares. Like, if I had to buy just straight packs, I would always buy fat packs because for whatever reason, I always feel like fat packs pay out. Yeah, I uh, I used to be like KYT where I only bought um, I only also just bought singles, but I would always buy a fat pack. Um, yeah. Even the fucking boxes for fat packs are worth money. Like when I sold like yeah. I got like five dollars for the Zendikar fat pack. Five real dollars. Yeah, the boxes are pretty badass. Like good boxes. Like like and I they I fit perfectly in my shelf. Like yeah, yeah, and they, and the thing is too is they're like they fit a lot of cards. Um, yep. and, they, and they all are the same size. So then when you have multiple boxes that you want to store stuff in on a shelf, it, it's uniform, which I really like. And the fact that it comes with, um, you know, it comes with eight packs that I always seem to open the best stuff out of. Even if it's not, like, insane stuff, it's always better than my not, like, any other pack I've ever fucking opened. You know? I like mm-hmm. fat packs. I mean, fat packs used to come yeah. with fucking books. In them. Those books suck. But they had full books in them. Yeah, but uh, just some some of these comments uh, certainly turn me off. I, I just ignore them, as I've I've learned from uh, even doing this podcast or, or starting my website. Just like a lot of comments come from people that just frankly, as as someone that's uh, I mean, I'm known never to say many controversial stuff, but you know, fucking people that don't know what they're talking about and. Uh, you know, it's it's not worth my effort to respond to some of these people. Um, especially especially not on online where, like, you know, multiple studies have been given about the whole anonymity factor of just, like, even just not having to see the person you're arguing with face-to-face makes a big difference on how you argue and what you say and stuff, so. 
Um, but Jer put up a great point that I didn't even think of as someone, like I said, I'm not attached to the business side of it, neither uh, near my like a business person uh, at heart or anything, but the, the fact of keeping something in stock, like we originally had them at 50 and they were all gone. And then we put them at 60, I think, and they were all gone. And now they're at 80 and people are still buying them. So it's like, well, and for me as a player perspective, I'm, I'm letting everyone know I'm not buying a fat pack from face. Um, right now at 80 bucks or no I, I would or go to fucking toys r us or walmart like right yeah i would either do I mean, that to be fair just... walmart selling them for 60 bucks as well because walmart used to walmart used to sell packs cheap um but now what happens or it might have always been this way but now what is happening with walmart and stuff is it's the distributor so the the people that are sending magic to face to face are also now renting space at walmart they rent the shelves at Walmart and then they sell them there. And that's why they're the same price. Like I went in the other day and I, every time I'm in Walmart, I just look at that stuff see. and now it's not even really worth it for me to look. Cause I, it, it's always higher, yeah. higher than what an LGS would charge me. But like the fucking clash pack is $49 there. Um, the, <laughs> an M 15 or sorry, an, an origins fat pack is, uh, like $55 there. Um, like the the dual deck is thirty dollars twenty nine ninety nine. Like so, it's like I mean Walmart isn't even really any better anymore. It used to be. Hmm. Well, for, for me, I, w- I was just gonna say for for me personally, I'm not gonna buy any sealed product right now as a player. Um, and I'm just gonna wait. And I feel like at some point, maybe not fat packs because I don't know how many runs they do exactly, but. Uh... I can't imagine booster boxes being, uh, well, maybe I guess like overpriced in, for its entirety, like of the season. That would be, I mean, people are just buying a shit ton, and eventually, I can't. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not a finance expert because, like, the set outside of the expeditions and the planeswalkers. I mean, we all agreed on our review that it's just meh. Yeah, it's just sure, at, at best, it's meh. Yeah, so it's like, how's it gonna keep up? I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy getting that one full art land every booster pack I open. I mean, I'm not getting overcharged on those packs, so yeah, I don't know. But uh, it is interesting that uh, the thread is like insane huge with with different people, and then like, I mean, the some people are saying, oh man, the face face only caters to a specific crowd, like only. Uh, only kids with three hundred dollar or three hundred standard decks go to play at face to face games like these irrelevant, unrelated. Oh yeah, uh, and that, that always happens. People just always complain about just whatever, just the trash, right? Like, yeah, whatever. I wouldn't listen to them. I very rarely listen to anything Reddit has to say. <laughs> I mean, there's. I mean, not to not to give credit where credit is due. There's people in that thread that are trying to talk Jesus. some sense into people and. Um, or are venting their, um, or are you know venting their like dissatisfaction with that price, but not just in the fact that it's like, you know, they're trying to do it in a constructive way, or saying you know they're not, it's not just face to face, like it's also this and that or whatever. So it's yeah, you know, whatever. I just don't fucking care about any of that shit. And with that, uh, anything else, guys? Uh, well, two thirds of our uh, comments were about Elite Dangerous, so yeah, nice, um, yeah, nice. 
Yeah. Oot. So uh, things I do for fun. Honestly, I don't mind like the the Taipan or whatever that game was called, where you just pick up something and fly around and sell it. Um, I enjoy that aspect of it. But just do the pirate thing. Get your ship, put some guns on it, make a thing so you can knock them out of warp, chase them down, put some macros on your keyboard so you can say shit to them and get them to give you their stuff. Find all the people who are flying around and selling shit and take it from them. And then go sell it yourself. That's a lot more fun. Be a P-Rat. So, there you go, Lamesh. Uh, the, people, the people who actually like are streaming it, if they're just doing like, like run and sell things, also, there's great websites so that you can actually make some decent money selling stuff, buying and selling stuff, instead of like making like two percent on every transaction. Uh, yeah, like fuck that. Yeah, the game's just really pretty, and flying around is a lot of fun, and shooting at people's a lot of fun, and discovering things is a lot of fun, and seeing how the game has like its own built-in politics is a lot of fun. So, it's like a, a little bit more action-intensive version of like Eve, but Eve still has way better stories. For now. So yeah, that was my elite minute. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll catch you next week when uh, I'll, I'll get at least one draft or, or draft in. Uh, there's not much PPTQ advice I can give to Kyle and, and his boys in Belleville. Yeah, there's a couple. Because, there's what two this weekend in Belleville? Yeah. Because the standard format is just fresh, and whoever actually decides to put some amount of work is going to have a huge edge. So congrats to that guy. I think early there's an early indication that a super ramp deck might be great because uh, it 5 0 a fucking Magic League tournament. So I'm talking about uh, people who, who actually want to compete and have an edge. I, I do suggest checking this deck out um, on Magic League. It's called Ulamog Ramp. It just plays a all the ramp spells that you can think of, Nissa's Pilgrimage, Nissa's Renewal, Explosive Vegetation, ramps all the way to New, New Ulamog, the Seas like Hunger, and also plays for Omnath, Locus of Rage. And looks like it has a lot of potential, so for trying something new, that's the first deck I would try. So uh, to all my Belleville fans, including Kyle's son, uh, hopefully... May, they have time to try that out, and uh, but it's gonna be hard. Like, there's obviously a, a card availability issue as well. Like, how are you gonna get four Ulamogs right away? So, um, most most people at the PPTQs, I can't expect them to have a brand new deck with all new cards. Like, if they have four Gideons, you know, they're they're fucking baller. Well, and, and that's and, kind of a problem too. Is like, how do you compete against those people? Yeah, yeah. That's actually when that happened in our city uh, in Edmonton. We had a PP like we no, we didn't have a PPTQ, but we had like a a relevant GPT. Like it was for a tournament that a lot of people are going to go to, and it was literally like standard the Saturday when the set came out. Yeah, and a lot of people were really turned off by that because like that's actually a great time to do like a sealed of that set because everyone's kind of excited to get the cards. But it also like created like this really bizarre meta game where it's like the people who had the money and could, like, afford to kind of, like, just go and clear out stores all day. Um, they had the yeah. cards, and the other people didn't, so it was, like, old standard versus, like, the odd person who had new standard stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the old standard stuff was no good, because you couldn't play any of yeah, like, like, and the... Yeah, and the, it can't even... There's just some cards... Whenever there's a new standard or whatever, there's just some cards where you can't even... Um, yeah, like they it, just can't even. You can't even, like, interact with the new cards. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Magic Online takes for fucking ever to play the cards, so... Yeah, literally, it comes out on Magic Online the weekend I get home. So I'll get to play it in paper anyways. No, I... Fucking Magic Online. Like, Magic Online, that is, like, the worst thing. Like, that is the worst fucking part of Magic, Magic Online. Online. Is that, like, as soon as the new set, like, as soon as the paper pre-release happens, Magic Online is just fucking terrible. Because, like, you don't want to play anything. Like, oh, do I want to play another Origins draft? No, like, I really don't. No. Do I want to play, like, this standard that, like, feels kind of weird? No. Like, I want to play Modern, and they're smart enough that I think tomorrow they're launching the Modern Leagues uh, on Magic Online, so. Yes, they are. Yeah. So there's, there's something to look forward to. Yeah, so after the downtime tomorrow, the Modern Leagues will start. I'm excited about that. I'll play a lot of that, so. All right. And with that, see you all next week. Bye. I love you all. Pump our nickel. <laughs>